welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. We've got red in our ledger, and we're looking to wipe clean by breaking down all the things Black Widow on Normies Like Us. It's so cool, right? You can put so much stuff in there. You wouldn't even know. It still fits. You got fat, but still good. Family. I swear, if I hear one more word from him, I will kick him in the face. Wow. Welcome back. You heard it up top. We are going to the motherland. Mother Russia, that is, because we are talking Crimson Avenger? No. Ursa Major? No. We're talking a different Russian superhero. That's right. We're finally, finally talking Black Widow. She gets her own film, Marvel Cinematic Universe, only on Normies Like Us. With your hosts, um, General Colin. Uh, Mika- Mikhail Romanov. Spider Joe. Ooh. And this is Russian Jacob. Uh, as you can tell from my Russian accent, it's about as good as uh, some of the actors in this, but... Doing my best. Doing great, doing great. Black Widow, though, um, as Colin said, it's about dang time. That's what a lot of people have said for the Black Widow solo film. That's what we're talking today on the show. Is it a couple years too late, or is it just what the doctor ordered? Mm. I guess that's what we're going to be getting into. But um, how, how did we all watch this? Did anybody watch this in theaters? I know it had a big box office uh, domestic and also good numbers Ooh. on Disney+. Plus. So. Yes. What a great question, Mike. I watched this inside my specially designed skull helmet, which shows me nice. you know, little movies. I absorbed them very quickly. Uh, so it was a home <laughs> viewing, of course. Right, right, right. That, that's what I did, too. I watched it on the, the Disney Premium Access. And what's good about that, personally, you know, before reviewing it, which we'll do, is I watched it and then I was able to watch it again, like in parts before this, if I wanted to refresh something, which I think is a benefit over the theater because you could just watch it as many times as you want. And as I'm doing laundry, even I got it up on my phone, I can truly be the taskmaster. Oh, wow. Uh, as I'm doing all these <laughs> things in my house. So, yeah. Nice. So, how nice. about you? Oh, man, I got to tell you, I loved the, uh, the Disney Plus experience here. So, <laughs> we went to Target. We got some uh, microwave popcorn. We got some dollar candy Vodka. instead of $5 candy. Yes. Yeah, had a couple drinks, sat down on the couch, put our feet up and watch the movie and like it, it for me it, it it justifies like how good the movie is in my head which i know is silly like i did pay for it but it's the same sort of like wonder woman effect to me where it's like yeah i'm at home and i'm watching a movie i haven't mm. seen before it's the best movie ever because of that wow <laughs> Well, and the thing is, too, um, you know, it's $30 for these premiere access. That's like, you know, if you're a couple watching it, that's two $15 movie tickets. That's the same price, you know, so you can't beat that. I mean, if you're a, a loner like me, then, you know, it's a little more, but that's okay. But if you do want to watch it multiple times, 30 bucks is cheaper than twice by yourself with parking and snacks. So, so there is an True. argument to be made there. Um, Mike, so I me, will say I watched it every day. This week since we purchased it. I purchased it on Friday. Wow. I've, I've gone through it four times now. 
incredible. Wow. 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 I only watched it once, but I watched it in my safe house uh, trailer in Norway <laughs> uh, on a little laptop. But then the generator died, so I had to like drive into town and uh, you were mousing the words along in some sort of uh, <laughs> attempted character development. Interesting, Jacob. The first time yeah. you'd seen it—that's crazy. Uh, very yeah. cool. So all at home, uh, it did have a good um, domestic box office. I think uh, Disney Plus numbers are all international, but I think it's done. Combined over like 110, 120 million nice. up to this point, which is pretty good for, you know, pandemic. Would it have done better in 2020? I don't know. Um, I think 215 was would have the done last better in 2016. 215 at this point. Yeah, I guess I was looking at yeah. early uh, reports. Cool, cool. Um, but again, uh, as we know, this was supposed to come out before Falcon and Winter Soldier. We'll get into all the ways that it ha- kind of plays into this or... Right. Doesn't and uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you say we just jump into it? Superhero landing, everyone. Everyone likes those, right? They're coming oh, up. Yeah, next. I'm about to do a sick pose. Zombies like yeah. us. Poser. We're back. We're walking out of the red room. I'm feeling a little brainwashed, but <laughs> still able to talk about the super spy herself, Black Widow. Um, little history of the character. First appeared in Iron Man comic book, Tales of Suspense, which wasn't really an Iron Man comic book yet, because again, like the way that Thor was journeying to mystery, you know, um, they just didn't have named books yet. But she appeared as like an antagonist against uh, Tony Stark. A lot of the time she would pop up, she would be a love interest for either him or Captain America Always a femme fatale, double cross, double cross, all the background stuff we know, Russian, super spy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Until eventually they made her a good guy and she joined the Avengers. History of the Marvel movies, obviously we know she first appeared, Scarlett Johansson in Iron Man 2, uh, fucking 20 years ago at this point, guys. (laughs) Not to blow your goddamn minds but uh it's it's been a while as they say and and here we are she finally gets her solo movie spoiler alert obviously but we're we're gonna we're gonna cover it all yeah yeah we'll do the whole thing basically uh, you know i guess quick plot synopsis this is taking place after civil war right and before infinity war uh when everybody's on the run we've had the split of cap side and iron man side thunderbolt ross is chasing her we learn she has a secret spy family. She reconnects, as we see in the trailer, with her long-lost sister, at which point they go on a mission to uh, take down the Red Room, which created the network of super spies and widows uh, themselves. So, uh, you know, fight the power. But that's kind of our rough uh, premise here. And yes, uh, I'm a little perceived that you you didn't just start by saying, we start with some fucking grunge music. We start with a <laughs> badass cover. Of a badass song. Something smelled like teen spirit early on in that movie. Yeah. It's a deep cut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you might Nirvana. not have heard of this song, Normies. <laughs> I did enjoy that cover, though, and then that sequence. But we do kind of open yeah. in, in Ohio, you know. Shout outs to Hell Ohio. Yeah. Right, right. Shout outs. <laughs> it did make me feel nostalgic for 90s Ohio. Okay, so the kids playing with sparklers on the lawn. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. You what had it? blue hair back then, um, Mike. You were a little androgynous <laughs> yeah. child who uh, did have okay, an American style family. Back bridges. Fun fact here. You guys might know this already, but I'm going to throw it out here. Young Natasha in this movie is played by 
the daughter of Mila Jovovich and she Paul W.S. Anderson. Like Whoa. I did not know that, but we kept saying, wow, yeah. she looks just like her. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that and crazy? Ultraviolet well, is what kind a casting of like- boon, too, because obviously Mila Jovovich, Russian. You know, she was born in an American Air Force mm. base in Russia, spoke Russian in her life and home. You get this amazing young little actress who could just like do this so naturally. It's wow. like, oh my God, you struck gold. Yeah, her Russian was really good. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I, so that's I do enjoy kind of the whole uh, spy family intro and rewatching it, knowing what's going to yeah. happen. Like they are so Midwest. So I want mac and cheese. And it's like, it's so, I think right. that was done really well. Uh, so um, if I can, you know, put this in historical context. So uh, this is very reminiscent actually of uh, a TV show, one of my favorite TV shows ever, The Americans, mm. right? Which is... Uh, uh, I've, I've mentioned it before on here, I think, but, uh, if you, if you're interested in like Soviet Union, Cold War history, uh, the Americans is a great show to watch, but basically they actually had these undercover, you know, Soviet agents that w- just were disguised as American families and they were doing all kinds of spy stuff, but they literally had the, and they went to such extremes because if you were found out, like it would be really bad. So, uh, <laughs> if you're interested in this setup, uh, check out the Americans. It's a great show. There's kind of a, a historical basis for this kind of premise, essentially. Is totally. What That's very cool. That's yeah. very cool. I think, what yeah. do you guys think of uh, the special effects in the scene? We get some de-aging Joe, Rachel Wise, our mummy sweetheart, basically looking <laughs> like that era of Rachel Wise. Yeah, it's crazy yeah. how good that's getting. Like, you know, the first couple times they were using that technology, like back Rogue One days, did not look great. And now it's like, yeah, you can you can just do that whenever you want, I guess, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it looked really good. And even David Harbour, like, he looks totally different. And uh, it's kind of amazing. So, uh, you know, David Harbour I gotta give begging him them to use that for every movie he's in going forward. <laughs> right. Yeah. He looked, yeah, he looked younger than season one of Stranger Things, basically. Yeah, it was crazy to, to go from, let's say, Clue, a Tron Legacy, Star Wars, to where we are now with Ego. Looked great, I think. And this is even better. So, a good job on the de aging. Maybe it's scary for the future of humans in cinema like down yeah. the road but for now for now yeah it looks good i'm terrified yeah can i ask you guys just uh general thoughts did you like this movie after we were talking yeah. about waiting for it so long Ooh, who's gonna kick it off um, yeah jacob for me you know i liked it i thought it was like basically solidly in the like it's fine category of marvel movies so like you know this is you know the normal it's not magic not super science uh like iron man or anything but it's just normal spies and stuff uh i thought it was pretty good nothing amazing but nothing terrible either so it's kind of maybe a little above average i think yeah i'm i'm in the same camp where i think it's fine um there's elements of it that i really like you know particularly elena like we'll probably touch on this more later but i think she's great and i'm looking forward to seeing that character in the future a lot um, but then there's other issues with certain things in the, the plot that, you know, could have, could have been a little stronger winter soldier, you know, civil war. I mean, it is not, you know, but it's like that spy movie kind right. of vein. I think it's successful, yeah, I but think not my favorite. Winter soldier is probably the one I would compare it to most of the previous MCU movies. And I don't think it's as good as winter soldier, but and it's also, I mean, it's, it's, it's a born movie, right? It's got right. the same plot as the born movies. And I don't think it's as good as the Bourne movies either, but it's 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 pretty good. But it's interesting, Jacob, that 
the marketing was like it's a Mission Impossible movie. No, it's a mm. Jason Bourne movie. But but Joe, general yeah, thoughts? Did elements. you yeah. like or not like? I mean, general like totally surface level. I thought it was better than I expected. Uh, I did. You you get all of the check marks that come with Marvel movies. You're gonna laugh. You're gonna see some some general heartbreaking or, or character teasing moments, and you're gonna get good action. I think we got all of those things. Some of the plot gets a little rough for me, like in the second half. But overall, it was better than I expected. Same, ditto. Definitely I mean, almost word for word, buddy. Better than I expected <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I think that's that's a good kind of qualifier too, because we did wait a year on it. Yes, but yeah. even yeah, I think. Um, well, I was just gonna say, yeah. listeners of these other episodes, you know, we did Falcon, Falcon Man, Captain Falcon Man. You know, we've <laughs> we've done a a, a whatcha where we talked about how we started Loki. We've done an episode on Wandavision. Almost every one of those episodes, we all kind of said, "God, it's gonna be hard to go back to one of these just grounded spy Marvel movies, huh?" Right. Well, I think that's the thing with, with, with the MCU. They don't really make bad movies anymore. Like, I think they've made a couple, like Thor 2 wasn't very good. But that was so long ago. Like, nowadays, with Kevin Feige in control, they don't make bad movies. They make good movies, and they make, like, pretty good movies. I think this was pretty <laughs> good. Um, you know, it was entertaining all the way through, and that's about as much as I could ask for. A couple for, twists know? and turns. You know, I, I said yeah. In, yeah. In, in the Whatcha, I think, if it surprised me, it's a winner. Guys, it's a winner. There was some fucking surprises in this film. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, a lot of the staple of the MCU, the chemistry between the core cast is very strong. Again, maybe yes. a, a weak villain issue, you know, maybe twice uh in this movie but we can we can discuss that but maybe overall, the villain promised in the trailers isn't actually in the film at all <laughs> yeah things like that but overall the core cast is very likable you know natasha romanoff the theoretically her last appearance in the mcu um i think pretty strong overall yeah, i think the casting was great with the, the family uh my biggest complaint actually would be that this movie just should have came out in 2017 and I care less about what happens to Black Widow before Infinity War now than I would have. Like if this came out after Civil War, it would it would have made more sense to me. Like come on, Joe, I see, me to go back I see you making about. face over there. When you watch these <laughs> yeah. movies now, Joe, you're never going to watch this in release order. You're going to put it before no. all this stuff, right? I'm yeah. going to stick it wherever I want, and that's kind of what I love about it because Comic books have annual issues that happen whenever they happen in that character's history. You know, like there are some comics that, uh, for for fuck's sake, they're making a sequel to The Long Halloween, like now. That book came out 20 years ago. With comics, you can kind of take that opportunity, take a character, tell a story you've never told before in a different time in their history. I love that. I want so much more of that from the MCU. Like, I, if you're going to make these kind of, like, grounded spy movies, give me a fucking Secret Avengers movie with, like, Hawkeye, Falcon, you know, Bucky, and, and Natasha. Like, throw teams like that together and give me these kind of adventures. We know how they got adventures. their Quinjet, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you want to throw those little, like, oh, look, it's the vest she's wearing in another movie. Fine, that's fun uh, for uh, Hans Dice? Oh, yeah. You mean Hans Dice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I need to yeah, know where that came it's from. It's real Hans Dice situation there. Good call, Colin. But yeah, no, I, I like that mm-hmm. these movies can happen at any point now. You know what I mean? I think we've seen that with like Loki and Black Widow. Like you can go anywhere in this timeline whenever you want. Hmm. Yeah, I think Loki, it makes a little more sense to me because it's about like, you know, he's out of time. So it kind of makes sense. It could be any time. With this, I just really, I mean, in, on rewatches, I will watch this after Civil War because it feels almost like a direct sequel to the events of that, right? It's the connective tissue between Civil War and Infinity War where you kind of see what she was doing in between those two movies. But it's like there's really no stakes. Like, you don't, you know she's not going to die in this movie because you already know how she dies. Not that there's normally stakes in these superhero movies where you think they're going to yeah. die or anything, but there's even less in this one. Yeah, and, and that is I interesting. Would you of, have watched that at any point oh, yeah. and think like, "Oh no, Black Widow's in trouble"? Like, no, you're gonna, <laughs> no, yeah, she's gonna do her poser True. move, and that's it. Yeah, I was thrilled that they didn't kill Red Guardian. I mean, that was sure. like my big win is that like they didn't kill off some of those characters that they easily could have like, yeah, it's a one and done. It was a fun little thing. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk right. about Red Guardian, I think, for a little bit. Uh, David Harbour, I think. You know, he, he's very charismatic in this. I like uh, how goofy he is. Yeah, what do we think about him? Co- yeah, Alexei Shostakov. Um, you know, yeah. uh, a, a different interpretation, all the all the prison tats and stuff. Yeah. He has Karl Marx tattooed on his knuckles, which is <laughs> is that true? Uh, hilarious. I, that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that, but he has. I want to Karl bring Marx party his- back to the party. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. lines like that, you're just like, yeah. wow. He's talking about how he beat. I mean, Captain I don't know America. how this. Yeah. yeah, in the 80s when he was still frozen in ice, but no, um, no. I'm not sure how this fits in historically to real world Russia because. You know, the, 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 the backstory when they're in Ohio, it's in 1995. Well, the Soviet Union fell in 91, I think. So it doesn't really make sense that they would still be in America. And also the whole Drakov and the Red Room. I don't really know what's going on with the government in Russia there. Well, he's but almost it like to- Putin, right? He is Marvel's Putin is essentially what they're attempting there. A CIA I guess so, but I don't think he's supposed to be the president leader. of Russia. No, I think it's he's more the top secret more- guy. Yeah, it's more like shadow government. Like, this is more yeah. like New World Order than, yeah. you know, the people... Kind of how Red value. Skull was, like, the real... Red Skull Correct. was, like, hiding in the Nazis, the but he was, like, the super Hitler. Nazis. Yes, you're right. Yeah. What a strange world right. the Marvel Universe is. <laughs> but I guess if yeah. Cold War technically is done and, you know, when the wall goes down in 91, 90, it's like, well, we still need you there to get their weird superhero tech as a shadow organization. So, like, they're still right. there... Not on behalf Shield. of the Russian government, but of Which a Russian national organization. Hydra at the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It's very confusing. Um, yeah. But Red Guardian's cool. I, I wish. I like his tattoos. I like, like I said, maybe maybe when Captain America was time traveling, they ran into each other. Or maybe it was a different Captain maybe. America. Who knows? But I do wish he I had a moment to save the day. In. Yeah, I would love to see that. But yeah. I, I actually, he, always, he doesn't get I a hero see a moment fan is my problem with him. That's, I just want to get that out there. Mm. Oh, yeah. I was going to say on the Captain America thing, there was a fan theory I saw online that he, maybe he fought Isaiah Bradley. Oh, okay. Could have been a yeah, different Captain yeah. America. Yeah. 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 But I am, I, I guess so. this red guardian, normally in the comics, he's not super powered. He's just very Russian. Right. Like, is that generally he's just, it's exactly how it's presented. He's just Russia's Captain America. There's vindicator yeah. is 
Canada's Captain America. You wouldn't believe how Marvel just like, you know, just singles it on these things. Amazing yeah, adaptation. The, not mm. a cool character, Joe. I mean, not a not a good villain oh. in the comics. And we get other implications of characters. Uh, Rachel Wise plays the Iron Maiden, uh, who's like an Iron Man analog. There's a Crimson Dynamo reference. And the person he arm wrestles is Ursa Major, who's a guy who can turn into a bear like the Hulk. So That big dude is Ursa Major? I did Major. not realize that was Ursa Major. He says, Ursa, come here. He says, yeah, Ursa. They start talking to each other. Oh, okay. great. Wow. We need a, we need a, a Russian Avengers yeah. TV show the, with, the with, with guard it in like the 90s. The Red Guard, guard yes. Yeah. Wow. Wow. No, that, that's cool. Yeah. Good, cool interpretation of this character, I think. Uh, he's very goofy. But again, he's just always like yeah. remembering the glory days. Kind of my suit doesn't fit. He's always getting beat up. Just one one right. day to act, one, actually be the hero. One moment, I think, is what he would have needed. But he's very entertaining. Well, here's uh, what I'll say, Mike, for a moment where he's a hero. Because this film, like I said, mm-hmm. has moments that are surprises. Not just twists. There are moments where I'm going, okay, well, you know. The, the shot of him in the bathroom where he's pulling on his suit. I'm like, Jesus, this almost kind of looks like the Joker, like a weird, <laughs> intimate scene of a loser like this. God, this could almost be like Ang Lee's ice storm. This is yeah, like a weird family drama where the dad's like drunk in the bathroom or the scene. I'm sitting there going, you know, oh, what an easy, obvious writing cutaway to uh, to have the girl split up after that argument. Uh, Red Guardian says, I'll go talk to Yelena. And you're like, you're not actually going to see their conversation. He goes in and they show us the dumb little conversation. They stick with these characters. That's a very interesting thing for a Marvel movie that they usually don't do. Yeah. Yeah, I think it subverts uh, expectations pretty well. Like, it has some mm. some self-referencing moments, the whole poser bit. Uh, I mean, it's like the dysfunctional Incredibles. And I kind of dug that vibe. That's great. The dysfunctional Incredibles, yeah, and totally, yeah, and it's just, it's like another great movie about family, you know. After Fast Nine, you know, I'm really family. big on family. <laughs> Dom showed up and saved Black Widow at the end. That was cool, yeah. Of course, yeah, um, yeah. And with Red Guardian, I like the reoccurring bit where he's basically always trying to have these heart to heart talks, but like they, you know, there's they go wrong for some reason or another because he's like trying to talk to Black Widow, and it's like, oh, she's really the mom in disguise and he just he's trying to be a father but he's like really bad at it and he's like kind of dumb that's why i just wanted that one moment where he kind of nails it and he does with that uh, conversation colin was saying with yelena where they're singing american American pie Pie. he sings the song yeah Yeah, and that's very sweet yeah yeah so i I guess that's his moment he's the one he's the one who fights taskmaster too like Black Widow and Taskmaster yeah. barely tangle. I mean, the the big fight that they have is with Red Guardian. Yeah, the, the after the mm. bridge, really the big tussle is Taskmaster and Red Guardian. True. Is that our transition to Taskmaster? The other what one of the villains? I love this because let me ask you this. I think this is the perfect transition for it, Mike, because Joe, I want to ask you this. Calling this character Taskmaster, comic uh, or normies that aren't into comics, you know, a character with a long history, pops up in a lot of video games, a lot of supplementary material now. People might know Taskmaster if you don't. A weird skull-faced guy who can mimic your reflexes, right? Very cool. 
Joe, the character we get shares so little in common with that comic book character, but is a guardian of a red room. Why wouldn't you call this character Red Guardian or Red Guardian 2 or, or, or something like that and just save it for that? Yeah, I I don't because Taskmaster has a sell to it, right? Like Taskmaster is in the Avengers game. It is a character that people have been waiting to see. Um, I mean, like I don't like them in this movie all that much, but I'm holding out hope that we can see this character again. And like the the thing about the morality of Taskmaster is they're a villain, but they're a villain the same way Deathstroke's a villain. You know what I mean? Like they're a mercenary for hire. They go to the highest bidder. I don't see a world where the widows are going to all of a sudden become Avengers or like superheroes. I think they're going to use the skills that they have to get by. So like taskmaster running a bunch of widows as, as her like backup and becoming kind of this army for hire. Like I'm here for that. That could be, and cool. I know that's, that's me kind of like imagining mm, something yeah. we could see instead of seeing oh. it. So, Joe, it, does that mean maybe Emily Van Camp from fucking F- Captain Falcon? Maybe she's one of these, you know, partnered up with one of these ex-Black Widows or something. Maybe that's what's going yeah, on. Yeah, it could be. It's CIA okay. ass, yeah. Um, well, so, you know, like, you know, ultimately, it's, it's a weird take on the character, but we do get the mimic. They say she's a mimic. She can mimic everything perfectly. We get the sword. We get the claws. We get the web swinging. Shield. It hits some of the Sword beats. and shield, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the yeah that's what it takes from the comic version is the mimicking, which is cool because um, just seeing all the different Avengers fighting styles combined into one person is pretty pretty cool. Um, but the real villain is really not Taskmaster; it's actually Drakov, right? And what's interesting about this, I don't think he's a great villain, but you know, Marvel they're known for like these conflicted villains that have like kind of relatable causes, right? This villain, it's like the opposite, where it's like one of the most evil, reprehensible people, you know, that we've seen in the MCU. So I like that they just kind of go with a, just an all-out evil person. Yeah, yeah. And I have some thoughts about Dracov. To tie that together with Taskmaster, it's kind of the origins and the, the plot device of this movie that kicks it off is the Budapest, Budapest uh, incident Budapest. that they're always talking about is how Natasha yes. became an Avenger, where she had to dun, dun, work dun. with Clint to take out Dracov. She thinks she kills Drakov, and part of that is she's intentionally also making his daughter part of the collateral damage is like a necessary cost of, you know, war, right? That is awesome. It's like the coolest twist they've pulled in a while, honestly. Yeah. Tying her so much to Nat's past. Yeah, and the fact that Natalie, kind of a lot of people say she's like the heart of the Avengers and the moral compass, right? And like, you know, the fact that in order to become an Avenger, she willingly attempted to kill a young girl that is right that's pretty heavy and Drake so now taskmaster daughter. right has been gender bent and now that's our new version been kept alive barely and turned into this fighting mimic machine and then we find out Drakov isn't dead and then that's kind of what natasha and yelena go on um i think Drakov, just a bad guy i wanted him to go out like a sniveling groveling piece of shit and he doesn't he doesn't go out well, as pathetically I as i wanted him to pigs something like that they had to do they had to do something because of the the pheromone lock they couldn't one of them couldn't kill him directly so instead yelena uses the thing to blow up the 
the helicopter, right? And then they all blow up, but um, they couldn't they couldn't like stab him because of the pheromones, right? True. Well, after Natasha breaks her nose, which is very cool, and I very much enjoy the scene where she's so defiantly mm. like, "Yeah, screw you, buddy," and he's like punching her, and she won't stay down. Like, I really like that that characterization yes. moment for Natasha. Um, and I'll yes. say, you know, Richard yeah. Lawson, critic at Vanity Fair, has done like this whole piece on, you know, the women empowerment behind it, how pheromones is a very interesting thing to tie to a female um, franchise here and stuff. I thought that was all really cool. You know, that, that, that the widows yeah. are controlled, the, the lock, as Jacob described, that Drakeoff was using. Uh, why not? Sure. Can I can I also? Oh, wait, Joe yeah. or Jacob, you going to say something? Oh, no, go ahead. I, I don't know if I'm getting too reading too much into this or if this is going in a political direction, right? Not political, but, you know, Weinstein, not to speak the name of the devil, piece of shit, right? I got a lot of vibes of these themes around you like the Me act. Too. You literally cannot stand up against them, Mike. Literally mm-hmm. taking women, stripping them of their power and forcing them to do things they do not want to do to further your own agenda, right? That's fucking crazy. Right. And I wanted right. him to go out more violently than he did. That's kind of what I want because he was right. so despicable. And like Jacob said, a pure villain, which was refreshing. I just wanted him to get more than fireballed. Yeah, there's definitely some themes of like, you know, um, important man in power and misogyny and, and all that. Um, and I do like the whole scene with him and uh Scarlett Johansson at the end where it's like at first she's wearing the mask right and that's also a very Mission Impossible thing mm-hmm. um, but he sees through that right away but then we learn that that wasn't actually the the twist there was like that was the yeah. red herring twist and the actual twist was that she like you know just has to sever the nerve to, to you know do to get rid of the pheromone thing so it's like like you said there's a lot of twists and turns and like a couple of them definitely caught me off guard yeah I mean, I think some stuff was, like, really telegraphed. Like, the second you see that Yelena was, or not Yelena, uh, Taskmaster was in the explosion when she was a little girl, it was like, okay, well, that's Taskmaster. That mystery is dead now because it's, like, telegraphed a mile away. Um, Mm -hmm. And then by the time you actually get to the Russian helicarrier cloud base, like, then the twists start working really well for me. So it was kind of like, I I wrote off part of this in the middle, and then it picks it back up in a really surprising way. And actually, the twist that got me was that when Melina, the mom, turns them in, I was like, wait, this is, I was really confused. I was like, this doesn't make sense. Why is she turning them in? Like, and then I was like, oh, it was part of their plan. But so I guess that kind of got me because it just didn't make sense why she was doing that. Well, she did torture um, a pig. So I guess her morality was still great at <laughs> yeah, that point. Yeah, she's cool. You know? She yeah. was a black woman. I'm like, does she really care so much about, you know, this job that she's going to turn in her whole, like, family? Uh, but... No, I guess not. Is she redeemed she um, by her complicity in the plot by the end? Do you think Melina is redeemed? I don't think I don't so. Both, the, both the parents were complicit, I mean, the whole time, basically. So I don't know but if the Red Guardian think about how it's presented in the film, Jacob. We get that scene where Alexi brings them both close and says, your ledgers must be dripping with blood. I am so proud of both of you. Yelena, the youngest assassin ever in the world. Uh, <laughs> right. and Natasha, I, I can't remember what they said for her, but it's just you're just like, Jesus Christ, his glee. Yeah, and you see Melina like being a good mom in the beginning, and then it's like, oh, just kidding, we're going to give you to this like psycho to be mind-controlled for the next 20 years or whatever. I don't know, yeah, I don't know if you can forgive that exactly, but... No. Um, 
No, you yeah. understand both their arguments, and you understand that Yelena was so young, and I say we transition to a little Florence Pugue talk for a second. Um, yeah, please. That she would hold on to it still. I would, you know, I would say, you know, just to get personal, the age difference in divorces, as it happened in, in my family, you know, between mm. me and my brother, we handled it very different ways. You know, you, you totally see that dynamic and they play it like a divorced family eating a dinner in that one scene. And she's mm, Yelena's mm-hmm. just shooting those shots of vodka, man. Yeah. And I mean, when she says it, it was real to me, not to it still feels real to me, damn it, that the wrestling meme guy. But like that really hit me where right. it's like the best part of my life was fake and nobody told me because you get yes. the sense in the beginning not fair. that Natasha knows because, you know, Melina says, she's I'm sorry, older, yeah. like, you know, that this was going to happen. But, yeah. you know, Yelena had no idea. And it, it is heartbreaking yeah. to see her go to her room like a child because he's like, you know. Uh, you're a spy, but then three years of joy, and even that was a lie. Like how heartbreaking! That's you know? it. Right. And, the, and Mike, and, the and pictures that, at Christmas were fake. Oh man, yeah. like those three years weren't even back. good. Jesus and even in Christ. that scene, you have Red Guardian talking about it, like, "Oh yeah, it was so boring being in Ohio for three years." And it's yeah. like, "Oh, the, you're telling me the best part of my life was like boring to you, and you hated it." Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. heartbreaking. It's wild. Yeah, so it's, again, something I'm not expecting from this type of movie. Like, it, it, was no. the Black Widow movie supposed to break my heart that way? No, but it no. did, right. you know? And Not I Joe. love the dynamic between uh, the sisters, yeah. Elena and Natasha. Yes. And I thought Florence Pugh was great. And yes. uh, it's just like that little sister, uh, you know, dynamic there where she's kind of annoying. But, you know, she's she still just she wants to be accepted by her older sister, too. Uh, like, I, th- I thought it was great. Yeah. One of the strongest performances in the whole MCU, as far as I'm concerned. Like, way up there. I would say top five uh, performances. Wow. And Joe, as another one of these legacy characters comes in, we're getting our second Black Widow. We've gotten a slew of seconds recently. That's kind of where Marvel's headed or whatever. What do you think? Are you excited to see her stick around? And how long before she drops that accent Wanda style? I I don't know. I think she'll keep it longer than Wanda. She seems pretty committed to it. I think she'll rock it for a while. Um, I hope not. No, let's, let's talk about the, the the twist in the timeline here, right? So originally, Black Widow was supposed to come out before Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Sure. I would argue that coming out yeah. after was a better move um, because the introduction of Valentina in Falcon and the Winter Soldier was stronger than the post cred scene of uh, Black Widow. Like Black I agree Widow, with that. if you hadn't seen totally. this character in Falcon and the Winter Soldier to kind of give that clear, hey. This is what I'm doing. I'm recruiting a new Captain America for myself, basically. You're going to be a U.S. agent. Villain Nick Fury. Right. Yeah, like if you, you get that in a more real way than kind of like the schmarmy performance in the post-cred scene. Having seen her in the show already, well, I was here for it. If I didn't see it in the show, I would have been like, ooh, that was kind of cringy. Yeah. yeah, Joe, I was surprised to even learn that like that scene was supposed to come first because it feels like the first feels like the winter soldier scene should have come first. Like, like you said, it's a better introduction. And now you kind of see them putting the pieces together for the next phase. And you have basically a lead into the Hawkeye TV show where she's like, don't you want to go after Clint Barton who killed her 
I don't know what what her reasoning is, but we all remember your sisters got dropped on the space planet while getting the six (laughs) stones. Again, you have to wonder how much does the public know about this stuff? Like Clint Clint came back and was like, "Black Widow had to sacrifice herself for what was called the Soul Stone." (laughs) Yeah, going through it like this brutal tape. You're like, what? Yeah, that's why I'm confused why Yelena would be. Yeah. Yeah, we see it a little bit with Spider-Man, but yeah. um, why would Yelena even believe that Clint Barton like killed Black Widow? I don't know. So maybe it'll make more sense in Hawkeye, but uh, it was interesting. We'll see. I, yeah. don't, I don't. I don't know. Like, I'm fine with the setup or whatever. I think the real exciting thing here is, Colin. We're either heading to the Thunderbolts or the Dark Avengers. One of the two, right? Um, yeah. So another we, kind of like uh, low key moment in this movie that we don't really. It's a throwaway line. Um, in the beginning, when Black Widow is on the run, she's looking at Thunderbolt Ross and she says, you don't look too good. Looks like you've had, what, your third bypass now? In the comics, before mm. he becomes the Red Hulk, he's, his heart is failing and that's why he becomes the Red Hulk. And that's why he like does the experiment to himself. Wow. So I think we're going to get Red Hulk, U.S. Agent. Black Widow. I mean, it's coming together. We saw Abomination back in Shang Chi trailer. Yes. Yep. So, so right yeah, Mike. that's all lining up to in my my eyes. Mm. Um, and we're getting you know new Hawkeye in the Hawkeye TV show. Uh, Kate Spade, right? Is that her name? Yeah, Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. You know, right? Kate, yeah, Bishop. Kate Bishop. Quickly, we've been talking about how the other Marvel shows have made at least some of us, especially me, care about characters I don't care about. If they can do it with Hawkeye, they're really something magic happening. Um, but I agree with we'll Joe see, that Mike. coming now, this movie coming now, as opposed to before Falcon Winter Soldier was good. I Because we hear Thunderbolt Ross, a lot of people were positing that or the Dark Avengers. Um, but to, say, be introduced to even Florence Pugh earlier than Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think it's better to even introduce her later because you would go after your Captain America first. Okay, we got a cap. Now let's get a Black Widow. Like, and, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's um, something. I also feel like we would have been hating on uh, Sharon Carter's performance a lot more than we already were if we had seen Francis Pugh beforehand. Yeah, Yeah, true, true. Um, Do you guys like her? Are we all Midsommar fans? I I like Florence Pugh. I think she's got a a very big history. Midsommar, Little Women. Yeah. Uh, Zach Braff's bed. Uh, Fact, Jacob and I love to point out. (laughs) Yes, 21-year age difference between them. Uh, Not that I'm judging or anything, no, but I no, just think but it's again, interesting. When you told me that and I went to Google, how old was Florence Pugh when Scrubs came out? And Google auto-filled the answer five years old. <laughs> Other people are asking these questions. Yeah. So she was as old as the yeah. candy bar that she ate in this movie that <laughs> Natasha had stashed. Right. Um, she was also, also so Midsommar, Little... Uh, Little Women 2019. Also, before that, she was in Fighting with My Family, the Paige WWE movie. She played Paige. So, um, check that one out as well. That was 2019 was her breakout year. So, this is my official introduction to her as an actress in not a trailer. I did see the Wrestling with My Family trailer. We didn't see it. So, this is my introduction to her. She's my favorite thing about the movie. She's what I'm looking most forward to going forward is I love the character. I love the accent, the dry humor. She, she was great. She, she really stole it. And if she's carrying the torch of black widow or is it going to be black widow or is it going to be white widow? I I don't want to use the black widow name, but is that what they're going to do? It'll just be black widow if it's anything. All right. Well that, that's okay. But I I am excited to see her. And I did notice one thing that I want to see. No one else has noted this online. 
And I think she has a secret superpower, okay? So I'm going to pitch this to you guys right now. I think that Yelena has a superpower of doors because at <laughs> three times in this movie, she uses a door offensively. She kicks the door into the lady in the alley before she gets uh, so the cool. spray. She uses the car door to take out her motorcycle and throws Natasha into a door in the apartment. While also wow. being able to sit in an open helicopter door, shooting a rocket launcher while not getting hit by <laughs> the... Not get hit by any of the something yeah. with doors here. Like I'm going to keep... Burning your leg yeah. off. Now, Mike, you bring up an interesting point because, again, we talked about it. This is the action one. You know, the, some of some of mm-hmm. the Marvel movies are sci-fi's. Yeah, some of them they say are horrors. Not really. These are the action ones. <laughs> what did you think of the action in this movie, Mike? Uh, rewatching it, it's pretty solid. You know, I want to I want to pitch to Joe to like the Taskmaster stuff. I was able to be like, oh, that's a Spider-Man thing. That's a Bucky thing. That's a Black Panther thing. Wow. Uh, what do you think about the action in this? I mean, I think the callouts, like you just said, worked perfectly. Uh, some of the CGI looked a little iffy to me, to be honest. Like some of the explosions. In the um, sky battle, especially. Yeah. When they but put I, a little fallout, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's a little too much, yeah. yeah. But I, 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 who doesn't I, love a good prison break, right? Yeah. yeah. I thought... Um, Hobbs act- and Shaw. Yeah. The prison break sequence is great. Um, I think the the fight scene between the sisters was really good, even though it, I didn't t- totally understand why they were fighting. Sense, <laughs> but it was yeah, good. They, they but, were trying uh, to both meet each other. It does not make sense. Siblings. No, siblings. But they didn't trust each other, so I guess they got to beat the shit out of each other for a couple minutes. Um, they say you don't know somebody until you face them in combat. Truly. Yeah. yeah. I thought overall, like, the choreography was pretty good. I didn't think it was amazing like there's definitely better action in like john wick or even mission impossible the bathroom scene with henry cavill is is a better action scene than anything here blonde to go like in that vein of spy you know female-led yeah but i thought it was like it wasn't terrible or anything i thought it was pretty good and i thought um there was some editing i thought it was over edited at times and the shaky cam was was too much at times some same problems that the born movies have sometimes so uh, yes yeah. but i do wonder if these quarantine movies and lockup have been over edited as people just sort of sit and gestate on them too long now jacob right. i've never <laughs> yeah. seen a kate shortland movie this this new director she's done a couple features mm. before this um nothing action or to this sort of scale but there was a lot said when she signed on initially that uh, other female directors turned this down because they wanted to direct everything. They didn't want the Marvel house-style action people to kind of come in and take over and run it or whatever. Um, Again, I would just say, do you think there's anything distinctive to it? I like that you guys were able to call out the uh, Taskmaster stuff. I personally was not in any of my viewings. That's awesome. But Mm. the dodgy CGI, all that stuff. I just just wish there had been more of a, a voice to this one. Yeah, well, there's yeah. the there's uh, kind of a viral uh, Twitter meme of the shot on the bridge when she does the leg the you know the leg wrap throw thing that's like her 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 uh, special move and then yeah. Taskmaster, Taskmaster flips it around it and does it. There's seven 
cuts in that just in that uh, little double move there's seven cuts and so people are kind of like taking the piss out of it for that but i thought you should have just done a single take yeah. maybe as an action choreography moment i right. see what they're saying see, i think i don't I'm, have a problem I'm, with the choreography it's the the camera and the editing to me really butchered. yeah, yeah the choreography yeah. would be good if we could tell what's going on more of the time but i think i've been spoiled by like the john wick movies which have really good action uh choreography and camera so i think you know, it's not great, but it's it's passable. Hmm. I, can I just say real quick? Here's my issue. Every director now to do to do action comes in with this mindset of if it's a man's movie, I want it to look like John Wick. If it's a woman's movie, I want it to look like Atomic Blonde. Here's the issue. Right. Both those movies are directed by the same person. You fools. <laughs> the same. Yeah. Show. Yeah. 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 The, Creative teams that handled uh, stunts and, and, you know, doing effects like that, a lot of them are just getting hired to be directors now. So you don't have a lot right. of those coordinators or stunt talent to, to well, do the, John the real Wick guys shit came anymore. From, yeah, they came from a stunt background, right? So yeah. they did I the did Civil War fight. That, they did the airport mm, fight as second oh, unit directors. Really? Um, so I was reading, like you said, Colin, a different woman was interested in directing this, but then... Uh, Marvel basically told her, oh, don't worry about the action scenes. And she said, okay, well, I'm not interested then because I want to do the whole thing. Like, I want to do the action scenes and Hmm. everything. So, okay. I don't know. A double issue. I want your guys' opinion on this. I think that's strike one, you know, where they'll only let certain people do the whole thing. Your, your, um, Your Black Panther directors where they go, okay, Ryan Coogler, you you've got you've got this handled. We will let you do the action. That's bad. And two, all these people are clamoring for. Well, I didn't like that there wasn't a Tony Stark, or you know, I didn't I didn't like that you know Steve Rogers doesn't come in and high five everybody, or or you know where was Clint you know giving finger guns to everyone. Mm-hmm. The, the double edged sword I think for Kevin Feige with these female directors is, it's I'm going to call him out here. He doesn't let them do the action stuff. And he falls into the trap of girls get it done where he's like, okay, here's the thing with Captain Marvel and Black Widow. I'm actually not going to let anybody cross over, touch any other stuff because it would actually be a detriment to those films. And I should get brownie points for letting the girls do their thing when really there's a million opportunities where you could sneak other people in. You could make Kobe Smolders the Rick Mason, you know, O.T. Fagbanel her contact, and it doesn't change a fucking thing, you fool. Ah, so this yeah. kind of putting things in a separate sandbox, yes. right? He plays in two separate sandboxes, Mike. He, he goes, I, I'm going to mm. appease both crowds, everybody and woke people. And if you're a woman movie, I have to appease woke people, unfortunately. Right. And you can feel him apologizing for it. Don't apologize for it. Just do it. Mm. Well, I think it's part of a larger criticism of the kind of house style of MCU where it's like, are, do directors get like their own creative control or is there there's a certain amount of oversight? And it does seem like some get more like Taika Waititi gets yes. more and, and uh, James Gunn, but... And then even with the Eternals, like, you know, they're bragging about, oh, we shot these on, like, real locations, and we just let her do her thing. And it's like, well, maybe you should do that, like, all the time. But Chloe Zhao convinced us to shoot outdoors, Jacob. And you're like, convinced you to use locations? (laughs) You make movies. But they like to have that consistent style, I guess. They don't want anything to be too different from... The other yeah, MCU. I mean, a Big Mac's got to taste know. the same in Jakarta as it does in New Jersey, right? I mean, they want to have that. Uh, that wow. And I, I imagine for a lot 
less experienced directors too. It's like, here's the stunt team. And like, even if it's like, oh, you're in charge of it, they have like some stunt coordinator who's like, hey, director, I suggest this heavily. And it's like, yes, that would be cool, right. you know? And so it's. And Colin, Kevin like Feige you were saying, with, hand on his yeah, shoulder. Yeah, he's right there, <laughs> a little baseball yeah. hat. With Black Panther, which is a movie that I like, the action wasn't Especially very good in that. Like, the action is really better good. in this than. <laughs> Yeah, the CG in that was pretty iffy, but um, so all the action in this was better than that. One thing, uh, one Um, action scene, they're in Budapest uh, driving motorcycles, and I swear, like, I've seen this in Mission Impossible. Like, it felt very much like a a scene that I've seen three or four times in the past five years. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of uh, Mission Impossible stuff, a lot of Jason Bourne James, stuff. That's literally, in this James movie that's Bond kind on the of, rooftops that reminded me a lot of uh, some yeah, uh, yeah. Daniel Craig yeah, era. Right. We have Rachel Rice, a woman who's married yeah. to James Bond right now, Daniel Craig. Oh, you're I mean, right. they're filling right. it with these yeah, little she's things. Watching James, James Bond, they watch Moonraker. <laughs> yeah. Literally considered the right. worst James Bond movie, Mike. And spoilers, <laughs> spoilers, Normie, yes. spoilers. If you don't want to hear this. Taskmaster is Olga Kurylenko, an actress yeah. who I only know from the other she worst Bond James girl. Bond movie, Quantum of Solace. <laughs> Quantum of Solace, yes. There we go. That's correct. Um, so it's all made of all Bond's widows. It's, it's yeah. made of Bond's spare yeah, parts, Bond's widow, Mike, yeah. and that is fascinating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it has all the tropes of Bond, born, uh, Mission Impossible with the mask Which is that's what totally taken from, from I mean, the uh, fourth one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that because um, it's a spy movie. Can we say? Can no. we? Can we? Can we jump on this person real quick? The star of the movie who we yeah, haven't talked about. How last. does Scarlet do at her own goddamn gun show, guys? Jacob, is she still in Marriage Story mode? Is she trying to go for mm. those Oscars in this thing? Um. Well, I think it's like probably the most characterization that Black Widow's gotten in a single movie, so that's good. But I think she's a little overshadowed by some of her family members, like Elena. Um, but I think she does a good job. It's you know, it's kind of weird that she she's the only one who's not doing a Russian accent. But I guess she, as a character, made that choice to not to totally take the Natasha, Russian. Out of her you're so westernized. He says yeah. at one point, you go like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. <laughs> right. But no, yeah. I thought she did good. I mean, here's my counterpoint to like any criticism of her. Uh, if you look at this, like the Winter Soldier, is Chris Evans that great in the Winter Soldier? Or is everyone fascinated with right. Black Widow being the fun person on the side? And like, these types of characters are like the straight man. Like Black Widow is the straight man of this movie. She's the, right. mm. you know, she's the Ross, the Ted of How I Met Your Mother. Like she's just there to have the other people banter off of her yeah. while she is serious and on the mission. Well, it's interesting because she was a side character in so many of these MCU movies, yes. and now she finally gets her solo movie. Uh, but it's more about the family together than just her, which which I, I like. Can see Joe's, yeah. I love yeah. Scarlet. I'm just saying, yeah. I, it's, it's, she's an. I'm sorry, Mike. I was just gonna say she's an interesting lady. She's gotten a lot of hot water and th- some things in the past. She's, she's my kinda favorite used Asian this, actor. Well, wow. yes, and and male <laughs> actor. Um, and she's kind of used this press tour as an apology tour for Joss Whedon, talking about how lucky she was to have some incredible lines, you know, as the foundation and basis of this character. Interesting. I don't see a lot of the Avengers one black widow in this, but I also don't see 
Age of Ultron, sad she can't have a baby Black Widow in this. Or, you know, Civil War giving a speech at the end about how sad she is that Black Panther's dad is dead in this. So Right. And I mean, she right. then after this becomes kind of a de facto leading presence of what's remaining after Infinity She's War. Sad, Very Mike. sad, right. Sad sandwiches. Yeah. Um, but I, I think she's fine. I really like, yeah, her, yeah, her dynamic with Florence Pugh is really good. And I love when she's like, Elena's taking the piss out of her for posing and stuff. Like, that stuff is so funny. Like, um, yeah, it just I guess works the really best well. thing in it is the relationship between the sisters. I think that is very strong, especially at, when I would she, say so. Finally, at the end of the movie, they save the day and, and she goes over to Yelena and says, It was real to me, too. And they have that moment they just kind of look at each other and like embrace and it's you know that was that was a good touching moment you know mike issues Mm. though and my problem with the film i'll just get it out here though what is this movie about what does this movie say what is the point and moral of it right i think this is a really good movie if you told me this was the first draft of this movie i would believe that it is stuffed with ideas now Our bad guy, Drakov, says a very interesting thing halfway through this movie. Don't you know the biggest commodity in this world is women, missing women, (laughs) transporting, and, you know, it's... Human trafficking. We're talking about human trafficking, sex tourism, sex slaves. This movie delves into this topic. A Marvel movie is touching on young women who disappeared, and you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, that's what this movie's about? Now, Mike, you just said... This is a movie about family. Yes. Uh, Yes, because there's not a lot of the human trafficking stuff in it. So as I'm watching, I'm going, okay, this is a movie about family. All the scenes with her family, family, they can do anything. You just said that's how this ends. But how it really ends is General Thunderbolt Ross drives up. And because we know where Scarlett Johansson is in the future universe of this, she can't have any of these other Mm -hmm. characters. So they say, we will face this together. And she says, no, you won't. I'm going to face this alone, actually. See ya. Okay. That invalidates the entire moral of everything we learned throughout the rest of this. And then I'm sitting and I'm thinking, God, that's what this was about, really? No, no, no. This movie leaves you with the last image of what it maybe is about. The lightning bugs again. Something we haven't seen in two hours at this point. The metaphor of the lightning bugs. Bioluminescence. The final shot of the movie is the lightning bugs again. And I'm going, Mm. okay, this is a movie about... You know, even in the darkness, you create your own light. You know, bioluminescence, is that what it's saying? And you can go, Colin, what a dumb criticism. All those little things you just said can add up to a bigger, grander point. But my question is, what is that point? What is the point of this movie? What does it say other than checkbox? We got to make sure they like Yelena. We got more Black Widows. We got to get in there. You know, we got to do a, a good acting send off for Scarlett. She's she's a producer on this guy. She's really going to want to do some heavy stuff. Right. What, what is it? What hmm. is it about? Yeah, because human trafficking bad, but we got him. We got him, boys. Girl, we got him, <laughs> yeah, girls. You're like, yeah. yeah, like halfway through, you're like, interesting, interesting. And then they saw well, that. The like, okay, the, never mind. <laughs> mission accomplished. Yeah, I think they're a little out of their depth with the, the human trafficking because yeah. it's not like in real life you can just do a computer thing and they're well, all they're released from their Well, they manually you know, release bonds. them, but they identified it. Right. That's, That's a quest, quest that's set yeah. up at the end of this movie. The other Black oh, Widows right. will get to go do that. But like Jacob's mm-hmm. saying, 
we're not waiting for Captain America in our real reality to to go throw a shield at you know the guy stealing all the young ladies in the right. world. Right. It's but it's it puts a nice bow on things because it has to. There there's not going to be another Black Widow movie with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, and right. I mean. I don't know if that, that'll be touched upon in the Hawkeye show. Maybe it will be. Maybe that'll be part of it. And I don't know how it's going to tie in. But yeah, where we're left at the end of the movie is. Ohana. To the family stuff, Mike. Answer my question there. We, 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 you know, the future of this Scarlett Johansson is she goes to Infinity War. Mm-hmm. You know, she puts her life on the line. She doesn't Wakanda, die. Yep. Start at Endgame. She's the saddest person who's ever existed. Are we meant to believe maybe the other three members of her family got snapped? You know, is she really at the, wow. the, That's the a good darkest question. night of her soul? We, we just saw because there is happiness out there for true. her. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the whole timeline of the MCU, like, this is pre-Infinity War. So, there's a five-year time jump between Infinity War and Endgame. Black Widow was not oh snapped. God, don't, don't throw know if that her family was snapped. I, these are questions I have to answer for my dad, Jacob, when he <laughs> asks me before he goes right. and sees this. And I'm like, does it matter? Yeah, well, it's, 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 yeah, I do wonder, like, during those five years, like, did the other three members of her family get snapped? I guess, because she doesn't have any more interactions with them in those Will five years. Will we ever years. see them in another Marvel project? Just Black Widow 2? I mean, Yelena, we will. I don't know about the parents. It depends on how much Twitter right, but, talks um, about David Harbour and Iron Maiden didn't get to be an yeah, Iron Maiden. Uh, like, yeah. Make it right. Well, then we're guaranteed, <laughs> baby. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, and then she obviously, I do think it adds characterization to her in Endgame where she sacrifices herself because she's kind of come to terms with certain things in her, in her life. She's gotten closure with her family, so she can sacrifice herself and not feel like she has unfinished business. So that does add a little characterization Yeah, I feel there, they would right? have to be snapped then because, like, otherwise you might reach out to that support system when the world is literally ending, right? Right, so right. I, they'll have to explain yeah. it at some point, but at this point we just don't know. Um, I know... I don't think they have to. You could just no. assume they were snapped or, or not. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's done. I need There's to know. Spy shot, That's how I look at it. I need to know where the vest came from, and I need to know if they were snapped or not. All right? <laughs> yeah. Well, how we might Han see, you know, we might dice. find out if, if Elena was snapped because, well, that's the other thing is, like, the more you think about it, the timeline doesn't make sense because Elena's going to be probably in the Hawkeye TV show, but this is five years you know, you got to think this is this movie was set not only set fi- probably more than five years in the past because it's before Infinity, Infinity Game. It's so, like eight years. It's yeah. really blowing my mind by asking <laughs> me to do this math. Right. I mean, it's it's like Tokyo Drift in the Fast and the Furious. It doesn't really need to wow. fit in. I Black mean, Widow is the Tokyo <laughs> wow. Drift of the Marvel Universe. Basically, is wow. the pole yeah. quake. Okay, the most amazing. important Lynchian <laughs> film for the franchise. Duh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the best 2016. one. Wow. Like, yes. It's set in 2016. Infinity War right. happened in 2018. Then there was a five-year gap. Endgame is in 2023. I keep forgetting it's the... We haven't even gotten to the I keep just subtracting, Joe. I keep forgetting we haven't reached it yet. Right, but Hawkeye... The Hawkeye TV series will be after Endgame. So Yelena should be like eight years older. She's going to look the same, but I mean, it's it's not a huge deal. Uh, Oh, you know who's going to be mad about that, Jacob? Zach <laughs> he, he, he he got snapped and he was like, oh man, you better have gotten snapped too, because if you were aging those eight years, we oh, are no. done. 
if she got snapped, though, yeah. she's not aging. She'd be only a couple years That's older. what he wants. Uh, well, I'm sure well, if she gets snapped, I'm sure they'll enough. mention it at some point. Uh, I was snapped, by the way. That's why yeah. Black Widow yeah. didn't come to me when she <laughs> Well, snapped we should say, I'm not even doing this podcast. I'm being controlled by Dracov with everything I've said. I am a Black <laughs> right, Widow. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's, there's rumors of, like, people are thinking oh maybe taskmaster was teaching john walker how to throw the shield and shit you know because like you know it's like oh that's what taskmaster does is like teach the henchmen like so maybe all those black widows and elena are like gonna get scooped up by you know dreyfus and and the thunderbolts or whatever and taskmaster will be like training the the dark avengers because he she knows well, all of their fighting styles, right. right? That could be part of it, you know? I could see how it could kind of fold in, and I kind of like that idea. And then you have Black Widows as your police force. So I'm just, actually... You know, that's your muscle, all those Black Widows. Yeah. Right. Oh, that is cool. I like that. I am very interested in this Julia Louise Dreyfus character because I don't know anything about the comics. You know, I don't know this character from the comics. I don't know what her deal is. You know, in captain captain american or the the uh marvel 17 the winter soldier um she's yeah she seems like she's kind of bad like she's evil maybe and she's like starting her own like evil avengers or i guess dark avengers by getting u.s agent the bad captain america um but then this we see yelena who we think is going to be like a good character we want her to join the real avengers but she i guess is working for her now God, spoilers so alert for, uh, for yeah. another episode we're going to do. But if my favorite Marvel character, a little green scaly boy, gets recruited to uh, the evil <laughs> Avengers, that would be my oh, real man. dream. Oh, but You'd have to get out of the uh, the void. Yeah, he will. On the he Dark will. Avengers. Don't you even jinx it. He <laughs> will. What's his name? <laughs> no, there's got Alligator Loki. Alligator Loki. Aloki. Yeah. The love of my life. We'll, Normies, yeah. we'll talk him soon. Don't but worry. For now, I yes. think uh, it's about time we get to our final thoughts on the Black Widow solo film. Yes. After this. Class is out. Taskmaster says we can go home. We're done talking. <laughs> the Black Widow. Um, again, we're giving our final thoughts here. Of, uh, of the first big Marvel blockbuster, we watched at home. You know, I, I want <laughs> yeah. to hear you guys, too, to say, is this the future model? Is Marvel releasing those numbers saying they made $60 million in pay-per-view money, them going... Look, we can cut out the middleman here. We don't need you guys anymore. That's a good question. And um, it's not great for the theater industry, the movie theater industry, because if blockbusters like this start coming out, like obviously COVID happens. So, but if it becomes like a, a thing where all these big blockbusters are coming out on streaming simultaneously, like the movie theater industry is done. Like they can't recover from that. Even just the negotiation leverage that studios will have over the terms and like the splits yeah. on ticket sales, like movie theaters are going to get screwed. Like if, if they're like, yeah, we can just cut you out completely. It's like, well, right. Well, it's not looking good for my AMC. I stock. worry about the creative control too. Of can an executive just sort of sniff out something like Wonder Woman? I I know it was a different situation for eighty four, but can he kind of go? Eh, the buzz on this ain't too good. This is our direct to video superstar. Yeah, yeah. 
and, and there's, you know, you could have a more lean budget and just like if you're purposely making it, knowing like small screen is kind of the target and we can put it in theaters just for fun, like that could lend into things too. And then again, we're yeah. just getting back into the studio system where they own the production, the contracts on the actors and the distribution channel. Like we're kind of going back right. to those, the, the fiefdoms of cinema of old that were finally uh, broken up. I mean, right. I'll, I'll flip that though. Like if you are going to do this all natively on your own app, you don't have to spend half as much as you do on marketing. You know, you're not sending out posters everywhere. Like that budget can go right back into the production uh, in a fantasy world where that's what mm. they decide to do. I mean, my thinking is like Black Widow, I fucking adored watching it at home. If I could see Shang-Chi at home, I would. If I could see the Eternals oh, yeah. at home, I would. Mm-hmm. But when it comes time for the next Avengers movie, I would go to the theater. The next Spider-Man movie, he's my favorite. Right. I would go to the happen. theater. Um, you know what I mean? But like, I like the option of, you know, I'm like Ant-Man and the Wasp was the first MCU movie I did not see in the theater. I just wasn't that interested in it. It was a fine movie. I would have paid $30 to sit at home and watch it like right. I did Black Widow. I don't know if I would have run to the theater for this in a world where it came out in 2020 and there was no pandemic and I was busy that week and I just missed it. Well, that timeline right. got pruned. Um, <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah yeah i'm wondering if it's like the hbo warner brothers thing i don't know if that's sustainable where they're just releasing these big movies for free basically if you have hbo max it's free whereas disney you have to you have to have disney plus plus pay 30 dollars on top of that yes. that seems like a more sustainable thing uh, so the HBO thing, I don't think that's going to be continuing. You made the joke to year. us, Jacob. You know, you know, as as we're paying these things, you know, Mike's buying up Cruella. I'm paying for Black Widow and stuff. You know, I did. Where you were like, oh, I guess I'm doing Jungle Cruise. But it is funny <laughs> that we can not. call out. It is it is pay per view. It's like I maybe don't want to run out and see Jungle Cruise, so I'm not right. going to pay the thirty bucks. But yeah, with yeah. Jungle Cruise, that's not a movie I would see in theaters probably or pay 30 bucks to see at home, but I will wait until it's free on streaming and maybe watch it. Well, that's it. what I did with Raya, and I ended up loving Raya and The Last Dragon. I waited, mm-hmm. and it was great. But wow. the other thing, too, it's like, oh, you're going to get the UFC, and then you have everybody come over. One person pays for it. You chip in. Like, you could do movie nights, right. which is still seems much better than going to the theaters in some of these cases. And then I, you can watch it again yeah. on your phone while you're doing the dishes. In the bathtub. Right. How it was meant to be watched, Mike. <laughs> That's right. I'll tell you, like, I, I do still enjoy like the theater a theater experience. experience. I do. Like, I'm with you, Jacob. I like a theater yeah. experience. For movies that I'm really passionate about. If it's something where it's like, yeah, I kind of want to see that. I'm, I'm less interested in fucking putting on pants and going out and driving yeah. and paying $8 right. for a box of junior mints instead of like 99 cents. You know what I mean? Right. That's why you got to smuggle in food. Um, <laughs> it's part of the fun. For these artsies yeah. too, Jacob, you know, people who are like, God, and these idiots are only talking about comic book movies. Fucking the green yeah. Knight. You know, as long when the content is matching the expectations, that is Joe, what you're saying, running out to pay for when it's like, right. you know, to listen to you guys talk about Venom 2 where I'm rolling my eyes the entire time <laughs> having not seen Venom 1 I'm not paying for that fucking piece of shit yeah so you didn't want to <laughs> dive in um, <laughs> no no it's it's weird to think about because before COVID you know I would at least go to the theater at least once a month usually more than at once least. a month likewise and 
yeah, and then we didn't go to the theater for a whole year. And I mean, I, I definitely missed it. So I definitely still like the theater experience. I don't want that to ever go away completely. But also, these the theaters got to turn a profit, you know? Yes. Like they're, yeah. So I don't know, but we'll see how it goes. Here's the thing. You know, Joe, the person texting and bugging you in the theater, is your wife. It's the person you're watching the movie with. It's not me shooting daggers at someone two rows away from me. So there's just right. there's luxuries across the board. Hey, you got to go to the bathroom? Just pause the movie. Yes. yes. It's fine. What yeah, a concept. Like and yeah. I watch everything with subtitles at home, so I like having the option to put Same. subtitles on because I I'm weird like that. But um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely advantages to it, but I don't want theaters to like go away. Completely. Right? I mean, no. we always have subtitles in my theater, but, I want but... The option. it's niche. It's a niche thing. It's like when we all say, "Do you want to go bowling?" and it blows each other's minds that bowling alleys exist. <laughs> we're not in a league, you know. We we're right. going bowling once and laughing about it. You know what? Yeah, I guess if bowling alleys can survive into 2021, movie theaters should be okay going forward in one form or another, right? <laughs> or Quentin Tarantino will buy them all up. I'll tell you though, I would love to see like the rise of more 4DX experiences. Yes. Like, I if the next Avengers movie, whatever it is, whenever it is, is like, hey, you can sit in a theater and, you know, you're going to feel Yolanda spit on you. I'd be like, great, <laughs> sign me up. I'll pay 20 bucks. 5DX, Joe. If I go I'll to see the me. new escape room, I should have to solve an escape room to get into the theater. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm <laughs> here the for stakes, it, people. Right. Yeah. I, I, I wonder Make them if... even more grand. I, yes. The premium, they're saying, you know, more grand, more premium. Let me recline, right? Give me a whole ass bench seat. Make it right. feel like I'm at home. Recline. Just make it feel like I'm at home. Exactly. I do wonder too if the the rise of the the Game of Thrones and the Mandalorians, the hundred million dollar TV show, is also kind of eating their own lunch and creating TV that is just as good as the movies. We're now conditioned to like Joe said. Right. Yeah, unless it's a big event. Yeah, I would have loved to see Godzilla versus Kong in theaters because that's something I particularly care about. But for the most yeah. part, yeah, I want to watch things at home. Mike, if some dumbass movie that. theater by me is right. like, we're going to show the Mandalorian pilot on the big screen, I would fucking go to that. <laughs> I would not. No, it's, they'll, yeah. they'll get that shit. But, but the yeah. other thing is the, you know, the numbers around it are so murky. You know, the money numbers where like, we're not, we're not going to know exactly no. how much these movies make. You know, like Netflix, they don't release their numbers. So we don't know, you know, we don't really know how much Game of Thrones, if Game of Thrones was a, mo- a series of movies or something, like they could have made a lot more money. So I don't really know. You know, it's very, there's a lot of, it's very complicated. Yeah, I guess issue, I guess. The time will tell, but yeah, movie theaters, you know, starting at a time where no one owned a television, they didn't even exist for home use, the silver screen to right. where CRT TVs cannot compete. It's only a matter of time before technology in the home does render them obsolete. The last, I think, year at home has made people more open to the idea of staying home more often than they normally yeah. would. And I guess we'll just have to see how, how long it takes. Yeah, I mean, I've got a 65-inch 4K TV. I mean, a movie theater's not that much better than that. You know? Yeah, right? No way. This, not to brag about sound it. Is I want to get my thing. eyes this close. Yeah, yeah. Sound is a big thing you can't get at home unless you're going crazy, especially in an apartment. You don't want to bother your neighbors. But speaking of sounds, how does it sound if we go around and then give our final rating and uh, thoughts on the Black Widow? Uh I guess I can kick it off. I put it solidly Please. in the middle. You know, it's it's above your Ant-Man 2s for me. It's above, obviously, Thor 2. Above, it's above pretty much every 2 
Except Mike, <laughs> I hate to cut you while you're just doing that, but I have to get the other take that I want from all of you as well. Oh, shoot. Okay. Is it better than Captain Marvel, the other female Marvel mm. movie? Where ah. does it stand next to that for you? Let me include that here then. I, I say this is uh, also above that. Um, wow. I think it's above Captain Marvel because the performances are better. This, I, with, I mean, Samuel L. Jackson's in Captain Marvel, but the side characters as a whole are more entertaining. The protagonist, I think, is more likable. Uh, I don't know. I just, I prefer Black Widow um, to the Captain Marvel, and I put it kind of right above all the number twos, except for Captain America 2. You know, maybe, maybe Iron Man below, it's above Iron Man 2, it's above Ant-Man 2, and I'm an Ant-Man fan. Yeah, I think it, it's right in the middle. I think it's like, it's not great. It's yeah. just good, but it's it's pretty good. But there's some issues with it, so that's where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, for me, I mean, I pretty much agree with you. It's like right in the middle. Um, I tend to, while I like the super spy type stuff, when it comes to MCU, I'm a much bigger fan of the cosmic space stuff. Your Guardians of the Galaxies, your Thor Ragnaroks, those are like my favorite MCU movies. And I wouldn't put this up there with that, but it, it's definitely solidly in the middle. It's above your Ant-Man. It's above all your twos. Um, Captain Marvel, that's difficult. I mean, I don't remember that much about that movie. I only saw it once in theaters. <laughs> oh, that says a lot. But I remember liking it a lot when I saw it. Uh, but I would probably put them both like solidly in the middle. Um, and, and Captain Marvel has this, the space stuff in it, so that might give it the slight edge for me personally. And Jude Law. Sure. Yeah, Jude Law. No. Oh, hell yeah. Your favorite. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Joe? Uh, I would give it three out of five spiders. Um, I'd, I'd put it like just under the top ten. I think I liked it more than Captain Marvel, but I think Captain Marvel might be one of those rare instances where I like the second one better than the first one. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would hmm. put it... I, you know, I enjoyed it. it re- what it really left me like with a hankering for is like a secret Avengers movie, which unfortunately I just don't think we'll ever get unless they decide to do one of these like displaced, you know, one shot annual issues, which I'm here for. Make it feel more and more comic booky. Mm. You know what this movie is, guys? It's a really good group project. You get the idea that Scarlett Johansson hired everybody she needed to hire. And constantly mm. said to them, you have a take on this, right? And they're like, yeah, my take is what your take is. And she's like, oh, no. Because <laughs> she, you know, doesn't right. really, oh, like Colin. I said, know what she wants to say. Yeah. We also didn't mention, so you mentioned the director, but we didn't mention the writer, Jack Schaefer, who also yes. wrote WandaVision. Now, and this was supposed to obviously come out before WandaVision. Those Marvel shows, even even Captain Soldier, which I, I really raked over the coals. I think it's the worst thing Marvel's put out in a long time. We've learned a lot about the fact that they had to cut an entire epidemic plague storyline. Right. Maybe that's why it has pacing issues. That would be fair. Um, mm-hmm. But Jacob, the first one of those, WandaVision by Jack Schaefer, is about something. That entire show is about grief. Awesome. Okay. Right. Loki, that entire show is about identity. It's about mm. who are you? Who are you to yourself? Who are you to others? You know, it asks these incredible right. questions. Captain America and Winter Soldier is, what is history's place in the modern world? And again, it's Marvel doing these heavier topics where you're like, okay, they don't nail it, but that is fucking interesting. And this mm-hmm. is... A lot of family stuff. You could argue there's already been Marvel stuff that's about family stuff. You could argue that the Nat 
in Endgame who who tells uh, Captain America we have to try to go back in time because all those people who were dead were the only family I've ever had. That kind of doesn't make much sense anymore to me personally. I'm kind of like, I don't know about that. You seem very happy with these other people at this point. Um, right. Well, it's Carl, just, would you it's say, weird. Yeah. You know, Gardens of the Galaxy, that's a big family theme, A movie right? about so, family that's really well done. What, family. What is yeah. a family? Yes, Jacob, the, the dysfunctional family. This one I almost said, it's like a divorced family that had foster kids. What would that experience be like? And you're like, I don't know. Do you? And they're like, no, we don't really know either. And you're like, oh, well, okay. And so if right. your, if your foster parents turned you over to human trafficking assassins, <laughs> could you forgive them one day and yeah. work together? Is an interesting question, Mike. Does <laughs> this know. film answer that question? I'm not positive it does. No. I almost yeah. wish this movie was going to get a sequel like this movie should have came out in 2017, and then Black Widow two with Scarlett Johansson in her last role yes. as Black Widow, even with the death stuff. If they were like, it's still like a little prequel thing. Here's how we'll handle it. I'd still be like, that's intriguing yeah. because I like all those other characters from her world, yeah. right? Yeah, and then we get some more kind of, you know, you can do more with the family theme and her trying to forgive her her foster parents and all that so yeah 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 again like i said one character says the most yeah the most untapped market in the world is young women and i'm not kidding my jaw dropped when that was said like it just it blew me away and well, it's, even, it's even more misogynistic because the line is the only natural resource there's too much of oh my god women. joe that's yeah, that is that's, wow that is astounding yeah, dark yeah, it's, really that's, it's like a really point. shitty misogynistic line. I think like yeah. that was the point of it mostly, but it's fascinating. Where you're it. That's yeah. that's fascinating, you know. And and Scarlett Johansson, who I I do think is in that marriage story mode, where she's like, I'm a good actress. I know I'm a good actress. I was just nominated for an Academy Award. Let me stretch a little. And I think everybody said, including Kevin. Yes, you do deserve that. This is your send-off. Thumbs up. Let's do it. And the material right. just doesn't come up to meet her. You know, they they just they like I said, if this was the first draft, I could see them having a meeting where they're like, this thing's headed in a great fucking direction. All the Dracoff's daughter stuff is wild. Let's really build this up. And instead they're like, Okay, well, we're billing this movie with Taskmaster as the villain, and she's in two scenes. Do you think anybody's gonna right. yell at us about that? And they're like, I don't know. Well, that's the thing is the Taskmaster, like the Dracoff's daughter is a great angle that they could have delved deeper into, but then she gets barely yeah. no characterization. You almost, you, movie, you right? want it to be her with the spy stuff in the Black Widows or her with the dysfunctional family. It's, it's the mm. melding of the two where you're like, neither of these is a perfect movie, but there's interesting stuff on either sides run in one direction. Yeah. yeah. The best thing it does that, is seed ideas for other stuff you want by itself yes. right. it's pretty much strictly connective tissue right yes in a weird way because yeah. again I, I am calling out kevin feige for this yeah you know so woke to the point of sexism i i which i think he's done another time which is that damn <laughs> girls get it done avengers scene where they all walk out and go mm. she's got help and you're like what is happening right now it's just it's a little whatever pander, it is but I I do want to say, obviously, you know, a lot of people know about this, but the early MCU movies, 
they were run by Ike Perlmutter, right? Yes. Who, Perfect. Misogynistic, didn't want to have women or, or people of color in the in the main roles for movies. That's why this movie didn't get made for so long. Now that Kevin Feige, you know, he might go too far at sometimes trying to do something good, but you know, it doesn't it doesn't work, but it's definitely better now than it was in the yes. early stages of the And MCU. we should say what a mensch Scarlet is. Because for years, she, they've made these movies for 20 years now, guys. When she got her salary to match the other big dogs, when both the Chris's, Robert, Clint, and Scarlett all started getting paid the same amount of money for the work that they're putting in over these movies, mm-hmm. all the press to her was, hey, when are you going to get your own? Hey, when are you going to get your own movie? Hey, is Black Widow right. going to get a solo movie? Every time, she was very patient, and she would say, Kevin's kicked it around. I've kicked around. I would love to do it. I'm having so much fun doing this other stuff. And she shot Age of Ultron pregnant. You know, they they mm. digitally removed her belly for that. You know, she's managed to do back-to-back huge budget action movies. She's been in the, the, the highest grossing movies ever made as a supporting character. And now she gets her shot, guys. That's the, that's the right. main meat of this movie. That's how it was sold to us. And to that hype, it is not successful. But to everything else, I think this is a dang good movie. And if what it can do yeah. is set up the future of a Black Widow 2 for Yelena and other characters in this universe to maybe be more tied into the core you know, center, then that will be its legacy. Then, then I think that's a yes. good jumping off point and hopefully have Success. a superhero landing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think pretty much all of this phase four, which is the phase they're in now, has been connecting basically from the end of Endgame to what they're leading into, which will be like the new Avengers where Spider-Man's going to be a big part of it. Um, and then you have these young, you have ca- the new Captain America, you have the new Black Widow. So I think it's all leading up to that. Doctor kind of Strange is still hanging out. Benedict Cumberbatch is like the veteran now. But yeah, otherwise we've got all this new blood coming in. It's interesting. Yeah. It's, you know, again, to see other companies struggle to get their cinematic universes off, the mummy exploded. You know, <laughs> we saw the glorious end to Zack's reign over at DC. All hail his name. Uh, it is impressive that we're on movie 24 and it's wow. Scarlet's. It is, it right. is that we can still cherry pick people's favorites and go step up. It's your turn at bat. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I think we've done it. We've talked the black widow solo film Marvel, right? Normies like us. We done did it. I think we wiped the, the red from our ledger, Mike. I think it's gone. Oh, it's dripping wet. Yeah, we're good now. I uh, finished my whole bottle of vodka here. So, you know, family (laughs) reunion. (laughs) Um, Listeners, thanks as always for joining us, right? Be sure to find us on iTunes, YouTube for the video version. And uh, we'll be sure to catch you next time. I guess hosts. Well, I got to go. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm controlled to go back out to the, the pig barn. So this is uh, general Colin saying goodbye. Oink, 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 oink. (laughs) Mikhail Romanov. I got to go get Colin from the pig barn. Joe out. See ya. <laughs> this is the Red Jacob signing off. Where do I put in all these buckets? Bye. Bye. Don't slouch, normies.
My name is Optimus Prime, leader of the Autobots. If you don't like, share, subscribe, or visit our YouTube, remember, I will kill you.